Hey, Chun, how you doing, my friend? Let me uh, let me make sure we're. Uh, you, you might want to unmute yourself. Uh, let's see here. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you hear me now? Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Uh, yeah, sorry for the. Well, I guess. Okay. Sorry for the hassle. I guess. <laughs> oh, that's that's no no problem at all. I'm just so honored to be uh to be talking to you let me just shut a few things down and then uh i'll uh i'll start our time together okay okay yeah, thank you so much man this is wonderful um all right so what what i uh what i normally like to do with these so the reason why i started doing these is to uh involve people who who normally don't think about uh water issues and so yeah. uh, i have found this is just a just a baby step. Basically what we're trying to do here is uh, just make a personal connection with people and invite them into a larger conversation. And so yeah. uh, I always do the same 10 questions. There's no surprises. And, um, and so they're, they've been really fun. I haven't done one in a while. And then uh, after I met you and a, a couple other people at the water summit, I thought it'd be, uh, I thought this would be a good time. So yeah. Okay. Thank, okay. Thank yeah. you so much. Um, all right. Well, great. Um, let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and get started here what 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 i um um i am recording this but i'll, I'll edit it down so what i like to do is first i like to do a, a personal introduction and then i'll just read your your bio from your linkedin page if that's okay okay yeah yeah that's fine yeah okay great well then i'll go ahead and get get started thanks so much yeah <clears throat> all right well welcome to uh water talks uh, I have with me today my friend Chun, and uh, him and I met uh, two weeks ago. We were asked to attend, participate, and share our interest uh, at MIT. They have an annual water summit, which we participated in, and I, Chun was one of the people that I got to meet. Uh, he is uh, currently a PhD student at MIT, working on uh, the intersection between chemical and environmental engineering, and he's interested in the uh, issues of climate change, environmental sustainability, pollution, resource depletion, and uh, development to make a difference in the world. So uh, hopefully I, I got that right there, Chun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me here. Uh, and I also, I'll go by Chun Man, but I... Uh, it's, oh, Chun Man, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's great to hear from you again uh, since the summit. And it's, it's been a wonderful experience just talking to different people at the summit and meeting all these sort of... Uh, people from different backgrounds uh, and but people who are interested in the same sort of issue around water and how to make how to make things better for people around the world I think that's really important yeah it sure is uh, it, it was just it was wonderful to find so many uh, passionate uh, like-minded people and uh, it was just so I learned so much <laughs> I took notes I took copious notes I I engaged myself in over 12 hours of learning uh, over a three-day period. I wish it could have been more. I did have two meetings I had to attend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I had to be a part of. But um, so, Chen, um, how did you find your way to MIT? What what is your um, what is your background? What's your just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you found your way to MIT? Yeah. So I think uh, I grew up in Hong Kong, and that's kind of where. I, everything is like a concrete jungle and that's where I kind of grew to become more closer to nature because I always feel like there's something 
something odd about the the living environment around me and i was a boy scout and i i used to like camp a lot and i was thinking a lot about um sort of like earth and climate change issues and that's where it brought me to uc berkeley for my undergraduate and i think it's just uh what keeps me going is is the drive to to try to make a difference in this, in this world and i think as long as there's you're you're you have a passion, you know what is important to you. I think that's, that's where, that's where it can bring you to places. And, and so now I'm at MIT also doing research that, that hopefully one day will be useful for people. Um, and I'm working on making next generations of membrane technology for our resource recovery and uh, even for health hemodialysis purposes, but also a lot on water purification and desalination. Yeah, tell, uh, tell everyone who doesn't have a technical understanding of the research uh, that some of the research that you're working on, I think it's with nanofluids. Yeah, so, uh, so what I do is uh, we can imagine we have this material called graphene, which is a single layer of a carbon atom. So mm -hmm. you can think of a really, really thin sheet of like paper, but it's, it's just one atom thin. And what we're trying to do is puncture holes in them using different ions and by controlling the size of the hole that can control what gets through and what doesn't get through and so if you control it such that the salt can be rejected and the water can get through then that's how you can achieve desalination or even for uh, health purposes that's how you, you allow some proteins to get retained while getting the toxins out of the body and that's that's what i've been doing uh, for for a while now well, I just want to say firsthand, thank you for the research that you do. For those of us, for those people who are going to watch us today and aren't uh, in kind of the um, in the research, academic, and science world of water, the stuff that um, that Chun Man is working on is is really cutting edge technology. And for those of you who aren't familiar with with MIT, they're really the world's foremost uh, technical institution in in doing research and application for new breakthroughs and platforms. So I just want to say thanks for all of your hard work and it's, uh, it's really great to have you on. So just want to back up a bit. And so by way of Hong Kong to UC Berkeley to where I live in California, and now, yeah. you, now you find yourself living uh, in Massachusetts. And yeah. When you're there these days, uh, where, where, what's your favorite place to eat? <laughs> I guess now with all the lockdown, it's kind of hard to go out and eat. I, I actually cook a lot. So I've been trying different dishes, uh, even trying making dim sum on my own. Uh, I got some like bamboo sort of like uh, steamers and, and it's, it's, been, it's been great fun. Uh, yeah, but I think, I think it's always uh, Hong Kong sort of food is where it, it feels home for me. And yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, I am planning on uh, coming out to, to, uh, to Cambridge next year for the for the water summit, and we'll definitely have to get get a share a meal, and it'd be yeah, <laughs> that'll be great. Yeah, yeah, but I I'm sure California probably has like better some some of the better food, but uh, <laughs> I always uh, lead with uh, uh, locals and and their favorite take on cuisine. I I find that that's uh, the most enjoyable path for uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think I, yeah, for me, it's like, I don't, 
I have, I just love eating like different sort of things. Like I, I, I don't really like get fixated on like, I need to get one sort of food. It's like, it's, it's so interesting to, to learn about different cultures and to, to understand what, what people eat and how people interact. And that's, that's for me is like really, really fun. Uh, yeah. Oh, sure is. Well, um, so you're, uh, you're at MIT and uh, where are you kind of in your, in your research? Are you at the beginning, the middle, or are you feeling like you're coming towards the conclusion? Uh, I guess for research, it's always hard to come to a definite conclusion, but uh, you always need some sort of like conclusion for things. And I think uh, there's always more you can uh, investigate and try. And I'm sort of like in the middle stage and wrapping some projects up, but like also exploring different things. I think that's that's what's exciting because there's there's so many opportunities there's so many things that we don't know but there's so many things that if we if we know a little bit better we might be able to design something that that could be useful out there and i think i think that's that's what research is about and that's what's exciting about research but i also see it's not just the research it's like having the research translating technology talking to people out there in the field seeing what they actually need and trying to streamline the whole process. That's, 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 that's the important part of, of, uh, of, of making these technology actually worthwhile. Uh, wow. Well, that's really inspiring. So you have, uh, you've been in the academic world, the research world for a long time and you're very good at it. What are some things that you, wish you knew when you started that you might communicate right now to someone who's starting out? I think, uh, I think a branching out is always good. I think talking to more people just to get ideas from different field, like you might feel like you really want to do a certain discipline, but in, in this world, everything's like kind of interdisciplinary. So like just talk to people, you hear different people ideas and sometimes they, you can influence them, they can influence you. And that's, that's really exciting. Uh, and that's something that uh, I kind of learned along the way and, and to do more now and just, just to be involved in different things. Well, I think you hit on something really important that uh, the interdisciplinary aspect of learning and how really you're always taking your ideas and you're, you're sort of merging them and cross-pollinating them all over the place. And that's where a lot of the creativity comes from. It's where a lot of curiosity from, and it's what continues to make learning and research actually interesting. And I know for myself, every time I've gotten uh, maybe stuck, uh, I always find my way out by applying interdisciplinary uh, uh, concepts kind of across. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. What, what, are some, what are some things that you're uh, really curious about right now? They could have to do with your research or maybe not, but just some things that are that are top shelf right now as far as what you're curious about? I guess it's always curious on, well, COVID is a big thing. Like how, how do we bounce out of this? How do we, like, will that change how we approach uh, society or how, how systems are? And, and how do we evolve into a better, more resilient sort of community and, and with, with more sort of social safety net for everyone and everyone can kind of thrive. And I think, I think that's something that is is really something that a lot of people think about these days, and and it's it's exciting. It's it's I mean it's sad to see a lot of the the things that are happening or has happened, but it's it's also points to some places where there are a lot of opportunities where we can make make a stride forward. 
and really, really bring about change. Wow. Well, that's inspiring. So what's something that you've failed at in the last 12 months that you'd like to talk about? <laughs> oh, something that I fail at, I fail at a lot of different things, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, research every day is almost, almost failing. Like you don't get the results you want. That's, that's, this kind of thing, or you're always like, feel like you're behind your schedule. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think, I think it's just like working it out, right? Like, you know, you don't, you don't have to push yourself that hard. It's, it's like things will come along. You're doing, you're doing great things. You're, you, you know what you're doing. You have, I think, I think what's really important is like, you have to drive, you have the motivation to, to keep going. And I think failing, is just, it's just learning. And that's, that's that's life that's that's what happens to people and and you don't internalize it everyone's vulnerable in a way uh, and just accept that and accept that you can change and keep improving yourself i think i think that's 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 what that's what i learned over these years and i i'm really glad my that mindset have kind of served me well yeah well i love what you said about uh, i just think of uh i don't use the word failure we just learn we just uh rephrase that word as an invitation to more learning <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 this is different ways of thinking about it and i think yeah. i mean things happen for a reason it's it's not for no reason so yeah they sure do uh it, it, i i love that um i'm a strong believer in that um you, you're obviously uh very um you're on the you're on the cutting edge of researching uh, new technologies that are going to lead to desalinization platforms in the future that do a better job and are more productive and are more helpful. And so if you can explain to someone who is maybe watching this for the first time, what is kind of, what do you see as kind of the current water situation in the world? I think uh, as we all, we can always cite like the big WHO reports and stuff like a couple, like couple million or billion, a billion people lack like access to drinking, safe drinking water. And I think, I think what what moving forward, what what is really exciting in this field is to start to think about infrastructure systems, right? Like we see a lot of the infrastructure sort of failing across across the U.S., across a lot of the older cities in in Michigan or so, and 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 maybe we can have a separate design instead of like thinking of like one sort of desalination as like a, a catch-all. Uh, like solution for all, I think I think it's really important to think about portfolios and, and really think about what what are different ways where we can we can solve the water sort of scarcity problem and how not just the supply side but also look at demand. How, are there ways where we're consuming a lot of water that we don't we don't have to and and to free up that water for other communities? Uh, I think that's some something that 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 we're working on and. I mean, we're working a lot on the technology side, but I think there there is a lot of things on the other economical or like political aspects too uh, that I think people are working on, and I'm I'm happy that we are all kind of pointing towards the the same goal. Yeah, we so you and I uh, were both part of a, a conversation two weeks ago that a lot of it had to do around the idea of decentralization and desalinization, and that is the work that I have found myself personally involved in for the last six years. And so as we've gotten to know each other, what do you know about uh, the, the project that I've worked on for six years in El Salvador? What do you know about uh, ocean water? 
Yeah, so I think I think you guys are doing a great job because you guys work really closely to, with communities who who are who are having these sort of water scarcity problems, and you're providing sort of like I think looking at the solution space, right? What is possible, and you're providing them with the the this sort of like source of livelihood for them. And I think I think I'm really really proud of what you guys are doing, and I I, I think that's that's something really impactful on the ground because because I think we can talk about all these grand ideas or anything, but I think. I think what really matters is like, does it? What's the impact on the ground? Like, does it touch the lives of people? I think, I think that's what that's what really important uh, to to understand, and that that's that's what that's what uh, OCN WTR is doing. And I I'm really happy for you that you're doing that, and I'm I'm sure it'll, it'll continue to uh, sort of expand and continue to help different identify different communities across. Across across places and and really really help solve their problems regarding water. Oh, thank you, Chun Man. It really means so much to me that uh, to get your your feedback about that. You know, when you when you do work uh, somewhere for uh, six years and it's uh, it's as personal as it uh, has been for myself and also for the hundred and fifteen people that we've we've taken there to work on this project and you're it's like research you're always working on it because you're never you're never um done with your idea you never come to some finality about it you're always working on it and you're always tweaking it you're always trying to figure out a way to a way to do it better uh, but it's really uh one of the i guess things that was personally encouraging for me was the the interactions that I was able to have with everybody at the water summit and, yeah. and to understand that there's such a need for decentralized uh, desalinization projects uh, where where we uh, help get the cost of water it's not something we talked a ton about but I'm hoping to talk about it in the future but it's also important that not only do we uh, build infrastructure for the marginalized communities but it's also uh, important because uh, when you look at the inequality of water, the burden of cost is is also something that is um, une unevenly distributed. Yeah, yeah. When we talk about the world of water, we talk about those billion people that need water. Uh, unfortunately, as it currently stands, they also oftentimes uh, carry the economic uh, brunt of that as well. So not only yeah. not only do we have an inequality in access, we have an inequality it cost and so uh it was uh, it was so it was so uh life-giving to me to be around so many people yeah who care about that space it was yeah and, and i think it's also thinking a lot more on i guess the cost side but also making it sort of like sustainable like they can they can afford them like they can they can run the systems themselves so they don't rely a lot on sort of like philanthropy or the government which which there are a lot of fail states out there, so I think having building the capacity in the on the community level is really important uh, to both drive the cost down, but also bring in the know-how so so they can continue to provide for themselves, I, even if other people like even they don't yeah they don't receive like help from other people they can do it themselves. So. Yeah, I know for our for our project uh, we we privately funded that through our through our church and. Uh, there are pros and cons of doing it through uh, NGOs, pros and cons of doing it through governments, and pros and cons of doing it through 
uh, through churches. And uh, the, the reality is we need all, all of those sectors to contribute when you have a problem that's, that's at this scale. And uh, one of the benefits of working through our local church there has been the, uh, the ownership and management. One of, the, one of the problems that drives up cost is when you have to pay for um, management and you have to pay for, uh, pay for infrastructure. So I know for our, for our project in Palmercito, we have actually installed this system uh, at a local residence, at a local place. And so the ownership is, is uh, local. And that, that many times when it comes to uh, how you um, apply public health policy, especially when you're doing uh, inter uh, other countries, you're dealing with other cultures, the ownership, the local ownership is, is really the X factor for how you keep costs down. And I'll say from my personal experience, it's also the most time intensive. <laughs> it, it is, yeah. it is um, I've spent uh, six years uh, working, on, uh, working on one project. And so I have so many questions for how to begin to scale the things that we've learned. Uh, but one of, one of the things that I've been thinking about that's front and center for myself is how how do you scale that? How do you scale relationally so that you can have that ownership so that you don't waste money when you're building infrastructure? I don't, I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, I mean, it's, it's something that you, you just have to keep like exploring and, and, and trying different things. And, and eventually maybe you'll hit, hit an answer, but I don't think there's like one particular answer, right? It's, it's just keep trying, keep doing, and you know, you're going in the right direction and that's, that's 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 really what matters. Uh, thank you so much, Chen Man. Well, I I, I just want to say on behalf of everybody that's going to to hear this today, uh, thank you for your time, and uh, I just appreciate all the research and the work that you do. And I'm really looking forward to just continuing our friendship, and especially when I come out uh, your way uh, next year, I'd love to love to have a meal with you and be able to talk some more. And what I always like to do at the end of this is. Uh, are there any last words that, that we need to hear from you? What would you like to say? I think, I think just go for what, what you are passionate about. And I think that's, that will drive your sort of career, what, what you do for it. And I think, I think we, we're all good people up there and we're all trying to make lives better around us. It doesn't matter if it feels big or small. I think as long as we touch some of the lives around us that's 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 really important and i i'm glad that i have the chance to talk to so many of you and i'm i'm glad that i have the chance to kind of do do that in my own life and i'm really thankful for that so uh, thanks a lot uh, thank you chin man wise words and thank you so much for your time yeah thanks a lot yeah okay, okay all right bye-bye bye-bye